Today's podcast is sponsored by Lara Bar, the original fruit and nut bar brand. Founder Laura American believes that a healthy mind and body begins from within. That's why she created a range of indulgent and delicious bars made from six real ingredients as close to their natural state as possible for more mindful snacking. Lara Bar gives you a tasty treat made of simple, minimally processed, vegan and gluten-free ingredients without added sugar and flavors. Simple, real, delicious. Head over to larabar.co.uk to see all the flavors on offer. This week, I'm joined by Lisa Lister. Lisa is a writer and a menstrual fertility and reproductive health practitioner. She's the founder of the She Flow System, which is an invitation to celebrate the fiercely feminine, sensual pleasure of being a woman through movement, massage, mysteries, and magic. There was a time when women were honored and celebrated their monthly cycles. But for years, our stories, our truths, our wisdom as women have been distorted, censored, burned, and unheard. And Lisa is here to change this. Her book, Code Red, Know Your Flow, Unlock Your Superpowers, and Create a Bloody Amazing Life, period, published by Hay House, teaches how to live and work in complete alignment with the rhythms of nature, the moon, and menstrual cycles with easy-to-follow strategies, including sections on bleeding with the moon, the cycles at a glance, and even a chapter for men written by her husband. Code Red claims to help you enhance your relationships with others, build a better business, and even have incredible sex. Lisa, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. Congratulations on your book coming out uh, last week. I know. Earlier in August. How's it going so far? Yeah, it's always, I mean, when a book comes out, it's always like, that's the, it's almost the final, it's the final piece to to the whole process of which, you know, it's been out previously. It was out as a self-published book and and now for it to be, um, yeah, there's some, for it to be in the world through Hay House is, um, yeah, total treat, which means it can, it's available as a audiobook and and as a kindle as well so yeah lots of options for it so yeah it feels good it feels good to be able to share the medicine so is it the same book that was as has been released again because i know that you're saying it was released before as an ebook it did really really well it had thousands and thousands of people that downloaded it um is it the same content or are you adding more to it yeah there's a few extra sections um one being what happens when you bleed in tune with the moon? So some people get really caught up in, and you know, we've been taught these things like, oh, if you bleed when it's the dark moon, then you're totally in sync with the moon, which means like somehow you're a better human um, who bleeds. But actually, what I've found from working with the clients that I work with, and from um, just from my own experience, really, is that each phase of the moon holds like some fierce medicine if you if you're bleeding in that phase. So you know, if you're bleeding in the wax moon if you bleed in a full moon if you bleed in a waning moon they've all got mm. medicine so hopefully it's just another st- i, I want to make provide all of the ways in which we you know women specifically but anyone who bleeds like beats themselves up with a stick you know around mm. like oh i need to be more like this i need to be more like that and i just want to provide as many ways as possible to be like look you know like the how everything is a self-discovery and so being able to provide um just different ways of looking at it. Like if you don't bleed with the dark moon, that's cool. Like why would we? I mean, if you do, that's brilliant. But at the moment, you know, so many of us use computers. There's blue light everywhere on our mm. phones and there's hormones in the water supplies. Like it's very rare any of us kind of do the, what our ancestors did. So I'm trying to take away a lot of the kind of 
stuff <laughs> that we hold yeah. around that you know that so many of us hold around that so that's one section and then yeah. there's um, <laughs> I'm just trying to think what, what other new bits oh and I've done um a daily um cycle scopes so I'm really big on encouraging uh, anyone who bleeds to chart to make sure they're charting their cycle. Like it used to be like the terrain of just people that wanted to get pregnant. Right. But now actually it's really insightful can give um, so much information, psychological, emotional, like feely information Mm. about what we're experiencing um, every month that is gold. And so actually thought put a cycle scope in there it's my you know it's based on my own stuff and working with like thousands of women over the last you know over the last however many years and and <laughs> just an idea some of it's a teeny bit tongue-in-cheek because you know you've got to keep this fun as well oh, like, definitely self-discovery definitely. has to be fun we get really caught up <laughs> in everything being so worthy and so right and just like oh the spirituality looks like this our body health looks like this like just breathe everyone just yes. just like, we're doing Definitely. this <laughs> like the world yeah. the world needs us to be just in our bodies and understanding ourselves a little bit better than maybe we did before that's it really. I think this is really exciting because we've just jumped straight into the good stuff and I love this because you know particularly as a woman and as a woman that really only started becoming aware of the fact that we are raised with something what might be known as period shame or other things like that just even within the last few years you know if I go to the the microaggressions the little things that we do that I realized that I was also participating in that way of behaving um I think it was an article that I read that said have you ever slid a tampon up your sleeve when you're leaving your desk to go to the bathroom and these are all sorts of tiny tiny little things that all women do and have done their whole lives and these are subconsciously making us feel ashamed of something that's incredibly normal and incredibly necessary and powerful for the continuation of the human race and civilization right. and the world as we know it no big so deal that, no big yeah, deal exactly no big deal <laughs> so the fact that there are now people like you who are really putting things out there for us to learn about changing our perception on this and then being able to talk about it, I think it's a, it's a very powerful time. Um, and I think many of the things that you've just introduced about your book, some, I think some of our listeners will be like, whoa, I didn't even know that was that much. I just thought I had to just not be embarrassed about having a period. But now you're talking about... The which is ultimately <laughs> enough as well, which is yes, ultimately exactly. enough. But like, if you are even a bit interested in it, then then yeah, we can dive right in. <laughs> which I am certain many, many people will be, because it's news to me. I know that Yes, you know, we're little things that I've learned from my own body. We're in tune with the moon. We're on the same sort of 28-day cycle as the lunar cycle. But then being able to track it, track our emotions, that's what you were saying about having a tracker and being able to observe it, I think could be quite revolutionary for women. What did you learn when you found um, that you were tracking it? What patterns did you find out about yourself and how did that also impact other people around you? I think the most important one is that I'm not crazy you know and, and I mean that, and I mean that in a totally humorous way but also really like fundamental so many women are told that they're crazy hysterical and you know we just got to look through history to see how they dealt with that right mm. so it's just like we're told that 
um, you know, and even, and there's even jokes, oh, she's premenstrual. And it's like, actually, they're quite right. You know, sometimes when yeah. people make those jokes, it's like, we generally are, but we don't understand what's going on in our bodies. And for me, what I noticed was recognizing that in each phase of the, of my menstrual cycle, I'm a different woman. So that makes me a different woman to live with if you're my partner. That makes me a different mm. woman to work with if you're a colleague. So if I know that, then I can educate myself on myself, understand myself. There's nothing to change necessarily, mm. but witnessing your tendencies in each phase, mm. witnessing like, oh, so I do that. Oh, okay. So we have ultimately, there's like a different lens in which we perceive mm. the world in each phase. Mm. And then that impacts how we show up in that phase. Yeah, absolutely. How, how long did it take you to, to track and start seeing your own patterns within your cycle? I've been, I've been doing it for a long time. I'm a geek. Like, it's like, <laughs> I got really geeky about it. But that was because, sure. you know, because um, modern medicine was failing me in mm. terms of what was going on in my own, my own body. So I was like, well, mm. you know, and so I actually turn into this and become my own self-psychologist around it and was like, Oh, okay. So that's, so I would say probably um, about six months before I started to see, so I say to, when I'm talking to clients and when I'm talking to women specifically, it's like try three months to see any difference because this is the thing we're taught all these quick, like five steps to doing like to being a better person, five steps. And then like, you know, five point plans everywhere. Yeah. But, but none of this is a fix all. It's a, it's an unfolding process. Our menstrual cycle Mm. is an unfolding of our learning about ourselves each and every cycle. Right. So Mm. I'd say about six months, I started to see some patterns reoccurring. Wow. And I was like, Oh, so this happens in my premenstrual phase. And I want to stab someone in the eye. Most time, most days, like on day 25, most cycles. Mm. all right so what's that say about me like Mm. okay does that mean I'm a bad person or does it mean you know what I just need to organize my life a little bit differently which means maybe I don't kind of um (laughs) try not to schedule calls around like day 25 of my you know yeah and you figure it out like you know it's almost a yes take responsibility for those things or or like you know you can and then you see the days when there's there's like power points you know there's definitely for me it's day 12 when like I've and and I've really really gotten good at finding that in my own cycle, but oh. that's like over a couple of years. Yeah. Right? But you can see the differences in three. You know, I'd say in three months you can start to see patterns arising. Like, oh, there's mm. a day. Oh, there's and and you know and, and even if your cycle is irregular, I always say to people chart it because there will be irregularity in the irregularity like so whether it's like you bleed every time the moon is in virgo like if you get that specific somewhere like i say i get really (laughs) geeky about it you you absolutely don't have to (laughs) (laughs) i'm like okay i need to get one of those charts that look at the changing progesterone and estrogen estrogen levels and that's where i'll start and that's where i can begin to check it and it's all good because I like the geek side of it because I think this is an important step for women really getting to know ourselves and potentially from what you're saying, it sounds like we can then actually really use that to harness our empower and how we show up in the world. If you're knowing in your cycle, which days are the days that you want to um, cause harm to other people versus which days are the days that you're really in that power. Um, yeah. If women were able to actually live their lives on that, it could really change 
our roles in the world Everything. as well. And also, like, it really does take away that craziness as- aspect. And mm. I just want to kind of really reiterate that, I guess, because it comes up so much that mm. women think that they're not enough or they have to numb the pain or they have to, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, when actually, if we can understand, like, oh, okay, so that's my premenstrual phase and that's because my maybe maybe like I've got an estrogen dominance okay and maybe that's because um the moon is doing this like it's then we've got like a landscape that we can that we've then got a map to understand the landscape of like our cycle then becomes a map to understand the landscape of what it is to be us Mm. that's the deal um like I'm not massively um I'm you know I am now but like it was always very much like the more psychological, um, psycho-spiritual mm. element to our menstrual cycle. Now, like I'm bringing in the hormones much later, like the hormonal in, in stuff. It's literally just coming in in the last couple of years for me in understanding how that works with our menstrual cycle. So there are people very, very well equipped in the knowledge of um, hormonal stuff. You know, I know, I know the foundations in which to help and support women in this because like when you understand it on all levels, it just... It makes sense of everything we've been told not to, you know, that we can't make sense of, like, or, or that feels wrong somehow, like we don't fit or that we, or like, this is so stressful. Well, yes, because you're not linear. You know, the world is created in a nine to five, you know, seven day a week kind of working environment to keep us mm. compliant for the most part right so actually we're yeah. not we have this light and we have this dark as humans but specifically mm. as, as as women and those who bleed it's like actually we have this cycle going on inside of us that creates all of this beautiful possibility to create to edit mm. to, um to rest to restore and if mm. you understand the settings if you understand like the the kind of terrain it becomes mm. A much easier place to like the body doesn't become such a threat because for some yeah. of us it's such a threat we don't understand what the fuck is that too and then and then <laughs> and then we understand our body better we understand we understand the terrain better and we can understand each other better and yeah, it makes absolutely. for a, I mean my husband will say it does make for a better relationship me knowing my cycle and being able to then share that with him yeah um, absolutely I, I remember a friend of mine once said to me <laughs> do you come with an instruction manual? Because he was very sensitive to how much I was changing. And I was like, oh, and he was the one that made me aware of how much I was changing. Because when we're in it, I think also Mm. women themselves, unless someone externally has made you aware, you're just in it. You're just living in it. It's just who you are. Yes, you might think you're crazy, but it's it's a very internal process. Yeah. Um, there was a book that I read a while ago by an author, Tiffany Dufu, called Drop the Ball. And it was really about, again, a very, very obvious thing, but how as women, we are sort of trained to, to succeed within a male dominated society and framework by people that aren't influenced as much by changing more hormones on a 28-day cycle and how much that impacts our body. And if it was the other way around, the world would look entirely different. Right. If men were having, you know, all these changes happen. <laughs> we wouldn't be paying for sanitary protection, that's for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned, you mentioned your husband um, and it, you saying that him saying it makes it way for a much better relationship. And I understand that in your new book, you've even written a whole chapter. Can you talk about men's role in all of this as well and, and how it can impact our lives? 
Yeah, yeah, he um yeah, he wrote a piece um mainly just to for other dudes really, just for anybody that lives with a woman who bleeds, mm. a person that bleeds, like just look, like leave the page open. Mm. It's like a two, you know, it's a two or three page <laughs> section. Just keeps it all very simple. Just mm. like understand like what's leave it there on. near them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, right? Because it's because it will make people's lives easier. Like we've recognized that ultimately that's all we need in a world that's really wonky in a world that's like trying to complicate you know, where, we, where we are trying to make meaning and complicate everything. It's like, actually, we just need everything to just be a teeny bit simpler. And for us, mm. it's just, it's been like revolutionary in me knowing my cycle, me understanding um, what's going on for me. And then for him to recognize, do you know what, when she, those days, that day 25, when maybe I want to get a fork because you're breathing too much in, near me, <laughs> even in my room, please move away, step away. Um, and to recognize that, oh, okay, that actually isn't me. That's nothing to do with me because they're, you know, then for then their, their emotions get hurt, their feelings get hurt. They think it's all about them. And therefore, arguments happen. And then we, in each different phase of the cycle, we've just got better communication skills, right? So actually, in my, in my premenstrual phase, my, my communication skills, and this has been proven scientifically, that communication skills go down. Like our, artic- our ability to articulate, because we're not meant to be so out in the world, right? So in that mm. first half of the cycle, we're super articulate. We've got all the words. We've got all the ways to communicate. That second half of the cycle, that literally starts to drop. And because we become much more um, feely, everything becomes much more felt, a felt experience rather than trying to find the words to, but unfortunately then that's also when we're premenstrual is when sometimes the, the feels come to the surface. And if we haven't been taught, which we absolutely haven't in this, mm. in this society, like how to manage, be with, um, feel our feelings, then that mm. can sometimes come out wrong. And because of the articulation, we'll, we might say something we'll regret. Specifically in premenstrual phase, our tongue is so sharp, um, our filter is non-existent, and so we can definitely say things that probably we mean, but maybe could have packaged a little bit more compassionately, let's say, in able to provide that, because then, then it ends up in, you know, an argument which solves nothing. So he definitely has found being in relation, we found being in relationship with each other, but him being in relationship with me specifically, someone who studies, lives, experiences this work, that, yeah, there are some really kind of fundamental, easy ways just to understand what's not yours, what's yours, actually what you can just do for an easier life. So mm. that's more what that section is about, about is like what any of us can do for an easier life. But we can't expect them. And so I hear it so many times from a client, he just doesn't get me. Like he won't get you until you get yourself. Right. Like that's yeah, exactly. Like until you understand what's going on, mm. you can't mm. expect him to be like this all-knowing oracle. Mm. If you're not being the all-knowing oracle of your body or any of your experience, <laughs> so that's I feel like why I want to get that. really organised and really know the stuff about myself. But I also feel like. I want someone else to do it for me but it's yet another thing that we have to put in the work for ourselves um so that we can really get to know ourselves in a way I think it's very important if, we're, if you know I can imagine that if, if this is something that we teach to to young women young girls um when we're just starting out but then you've got the whole other thing so that was a question that came up when you were just sharing that um you talk about the real extremes of emotions um and communications that we can experience now 
some people might put that down to actual imbalances of hormones, which perhaps might need sorting out. Do you believe in that? Or do you think it's very natural and that we don't need to balance out the hormones as they're going and that it's very, is it more of a pressure from society that we need to balance out the hormones that way in our cycle? What do you reckon? I think it's, I, I mean, I'm open to both, right? Because see, having seen, like, I know what it's like in this body when I have an estrogen imbalance. Like if I have mm. estrogen dominance in this body, I get inflamed and um, that's no fun for me in premenstrual mm. phase. Like mm. I know that about myself. So to, to write that off would be like wrong. Mm. Um, so I, I definitely think, it's an absolute combination, which is why I'm, which is why I'm so keen on encouraging the the tracking for the most part. Like um, later on in the year, we're bringing out a, um, a journal to go with Code Red, which is all about how to track your cycle, but just specifically, and like I said at the beginning, to keep it fun because mm. like. I know, like, as I said to you previously, like, it's only been in the last five or six years where I really got interested in the hormonal elements of our menstrual cycle. Like, it was, for mm. me, it was all about the psycho-spiritual and if we can figure that out. And it's like, well, yeah, and, actually, and they, they work alongside each other. Like, I recognise yeah. that now. I, never, I mean, I never claim to be right. I'm just, everything is an experience for me and I'm always open to... Um, new ways of thinking and understanding ourselves. Like, that's all I'm here for. So, um, I, but I think, yeah, I think it's a total combination of understanding ourselves physically, like what's physically going on, what's emotionally happening, and what's spiritually, you know, psychically, psychologically going on as well to get this landscape. Because that, that can all fluctuate. Everything's in fluctuation all the time. So you mentioned about how, uh, the different phases of the moon impact the different times that we're bleeding. But many people think that the moon in itself as an entity impacts our state of mind and our body. So how do they relate? Do you think one is more dominant than the other? That actually <laughs> it's the hormones and our cycle or actually it's the moon. Like, which is it? But that's why it's so exciting because it's yeah. also multi-layered, right? So right. some people will spend their whole life just concentrating on the cyclic nature of being this particular right. woman using yeah. her, using <laughs> like, I've gone from maiden, I've gone to mama, I've gone to the bleeding years, now I've gone to the perimenopausal years, then I've gone to the menopause years, and they will just ultimately use that. There will be mm. some people that care very little about what's going on in their body. If you can understand that they're all at play at any given time, that's when it, for me, it gets really exciting. So it's not about, mm. oh, we have to learn all the things and we have to understand all the things. And then it's the planets. Well, I mean, don't get me started. I'm doing some real, I'm doing some real personal, deep personal work with my cycle and Venus at the minute. That's like a right. whole other thing. So, right. but like, let's not complicate it. It doesn't need to be. I, what I suggest is that if we've got this, Never. if we've got our own internal system, right? If we've got this internal system, like it would innate guidance. You know, that's all it is. It's an it's an innate oracle that we've got mm. going on in our womb space. It's like, we'd be fools not to pay attention to it, I think. That's personal opinion, right? Mm. So first of all, that. Then recognising that the moon impacts like the bigger picture. So for a lot of people, when they find out about the menstrual stuff, and, and maybe they're in their kind of perimenopausal or menopausal years, they get a little bit angry because they're like, why didn't I know about this? But ultimately, <laughs> they, you know, they, they would have cycled through that. They would have had that experience. So they then understand it. So then they can use the moon in a very similar way. 
to understand them, you know, so we kind of, but that's more the collective. So you sort of, right. the patterns that you notice in your own phases are very personal. Then the, per, then the phases that you notice in the moon become a little bit more collective. So you start recognizing your family might be like at the full moon, everyone might be feeling a little bit antsy and there might be just like a little bit of added tension. Um, and so you start recognizing, so it sort of, you know, it ripples out. And so we have just all of these maps and that's how I see them, that they're all just these beautiful maps that create possibility for us to understand ourselves and how we're navigating the terrain of this world really and it's just use what you want and don't and just like let go of what's what if it all feels too much don't do it I mean it all feels really exciting it feels like a whole other realm and that's what it should feel like understanding yeah yeah and if yeah. it doesn't definitely don't do it that's my deal yeah. <laughs> it's like no, of course. I gonna say you mentioned the two um earlier we mentioned we talked about um, people that bleed on the new moon. Um, I could say that I know many people that bleed on the full moon. What um, What are some key differences between people, just as an example, that we can perhaps be- begin to identify in, in the women around us and the people we know? What are there Are there key differences between the type of women who bleed on the new moon versus women who bleed on the full moon? And I think throughout our whole bleeding years, we all experience a version of like each phase. To be honest, and and because they call up something. I believe it calls up something different in us, right? So if you bleed on a waxing moon, then it's almost like that's that maiden energy. So it's like, so if it's that kind of curious, so actually if you're bleeding on a, on a new moon, it's like a curiosity. It's like a, a possibility for exploration of ideas that you might have. So it's like, use that bleed. So like I said, bleed time is our, is our, um, it's when we receive our downloads. It's when we receive like wow. information you know, or uploads, whatever way you choose. If you put them yeah. up on earth, if you pull them down from the sky, if you meet them in the middle, if you pull them in from the outside, however you choose to receive information as the antennae that is you. Um, however you choose to receive that, that's what I believe um, our kind of menstrual, um, that particular part our menstruation is for, is, is right. and it's rest, it's to release is to let go of anything you know it's it's a you know ancient traditions have always used it as a way to really release on behalf of the personal body but on on behalf of like the the tribes that they're in or the collective um community Mm -hmm. so what would be interesting i'll tell you when we get to full moon is why so many people are bleeding with the full moon at the moment in the in the current times is because it's almost like they're bleeding on behalf of the collective like so the waxing moon is about exploring and getting curious that's about the making new discoveries about yourself the full moon that's this really um time when we're being called to show up to be our to to everything that we're doing in our lives is being asked to come up and through and to be shared with with whether that's with your community whether that's on a bigger scale whether that's through your instagram post whatever but it's actually like anything that you know, your knowledge, your wisdom is actually being called up and out. And it's also being, you know, you're being asked as somebody who bleeds to clear, to, 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 to use your bleed as a time to literally clear and release. And that's how clever and amazing like our bodies are, you know, as, as these wisdom keepers is to literally use that. And so the pain levels for a lot of women specifically who have been experiencing full moon bleeds during lockdown, for instance, because mm. of the guilt, the worry, the, the concern about what's going on in the world, but in their families and in their, mm. in their local neighborhoods, even money, like what's going to happen with work, what's going to happen with the world, like literally everything being released with their bleeds. So the pain is uh, like intensified. Every single woman I know that, that bleeds with the moon is someone that is very much 
concerned about healing and working with energy so I'm finding it super interesting that you're saying this because they're all yeah. people that are working with others in some way um energetically so this is really eye-opening so I know and it's been so it's been so interesting to watch yeah. you know yeah and you know of course there's no scientific data around anything like that because obviously why would they study I that? mean are, but, are there no sort of hidden archives that you've come across in your years of as you say geeking out on it or has it all been lost and is it really a process of women and and people like you and guides like you that can help um bring this sort of knowledge back up to the surface well I don't think it's been lost I think the nature of um the nature of women's wisdom specifically or feminine wisdom specifically is that it gets shared like it's it's in the body mm-hmm. like that's literally it's literally in our blood so it's yes. not it never gets forgotten. And that's the point. That's why it's always been perceived as such a danger. It's why we're told to wow. be shameful. It's why we're told to be guilty, why we're told to be shameful of it, because it's dangerous. A woman knowing her power, a woman knowing that, you know, she can just pass this on. And it's why, you know. At least you've you know, just given me goosebumps. And wow. it's why during the witch trials, they kept women apart, right? It's why the women were kind of um, treated the way they were. Speci- women specifically were treated the way they were because we share information. And it's why we've been told that sharing information is gossiping. When actually that's how we share our wisdom, oh. each other oh through, through, through this way. So actually nothing's ever been forgotten. And that's why... It's joyful, really. Like, then, you know, how are we still talking about it? And some people always are always like to me, like, oh, we can't do that. That's old now. We live in these times. I'm like, but it's still very applicable about our periods. So, like, when people say, like, well, I can't rest at the, you know, when I'm bleeding, I can't rest. You know, part of what I suggest is, like, is that our bleed is an an encouragement for us to rest so that we can Mm -hmm. release. So it's like where we get to restore and people are like, oh, well, you know, I'm really busy. I'm really busy. And that's part of the problem, right, is that we've created a life that's nine to five, very linear, very goal orientated, very, very kind of patriarchal to keep. And that's all to keep us from remembering that we do ebb and that we do flow and that we do have this innate system that knows exactly how to do those things. And so we always have. So despite that, despite the fact that we sometimes feel broken, despite the fact that women are more likely to experience depression, anxiety than the men. It still happens. It still happens. We're still here in 2020 sharing this ancient, ancient body wisdom, right? So that's cool. So I don't think mm. it's gone anywhere. I think we just, there's, 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 there's remembrance. And that's mm. what a big part of my work is, is ultimately offering up remembrance whether that's through ritual whether that's through kind of somatic work whether that's through like unlocking some of the maybe some of the things we've kept shut or that we've been numbing down because of society really so are you able to when you're because of this knowledge that you've acquired over so many years um and the exposure that you've had and 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 the thousands of people that you've worked with um are you now able to see it in other people that where they might be in their cycle and what might be right for them? And is this something that other women can also, you know, potentially add to their toolkit of, yes, we'll begin to know ourselves much more, but then again, working on that intuitive and the fact that you're saying that women share, you know, and it's an intrinsic part of us. Well, I mean, because it could be a little bit like, oh, you're a Scorpio. Like, I know you're a Scorpio. It's a similar thing. Oh, she's day 22. Like, I can feel it. Like, my husband will literally sit with me watching TV. And like, if you see someone's reaction, like, 
oh, clearly like she's day 20. Like he can tell because of like oh working. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but, okay, I mean, so you can, you can. I mean, definitely. I mean, and it can be through, artic- especially if you know the person a little bit. So you know that their articulation, you know, so that normally they really articulate, but there are days when they're tripping over their words and, and maybe like they're a bit stuttery and they're not normally, you're like, oh, mm. she's gone into her premenstrual phase. <laughs> <laughs> but like with love. It's if you're making love. me want to check where I am now. Too, <laughs> I'm like, oh gosh. <laughs> I know. When, when, they, when they talked about um, organising an interview, I was like, yeah, you've got like a two day slot to be honest when yeah. I'm articulate. There's like two days. <laughs> the rest of it, <laughs> you'd be wasting your time. You would absolutely. <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. Wow. Really, really useful to know. So does your book also include that sort of information about okay we can track our own cycles because tracking is a really big important part of this it seems um do you also help women out so say they say they don't have the six months to to track it because we all forget and we all get busy and then it's a month later we're like oops I didn't write it down um is there a way that you have included tips on what to do at certain times so you're saying rest on the period um, when you're in your bleed, but are there other things that you've included that could help women like others? Yeah, so, tell us now. Yeah, I share in each phase of the in each phase of the menstrual cycle, like mm. keeping because I think even being able to go through a cycle once, like even witnessing, you know, even just reading the material will help. Like it will on a on a cognitive level, something will go in that will make you be like, oh, that's my you know that's my premenstrual phase. Oh, that's my pre pre ovulation phase. You know, mm. and I try and keep everything as simplistic and non sciencey as possible because there are tons of amazing people out there doing that really really well. Mm. And what I try and do is just make it as accessible as possible so that people can just really have an understanding of each phase. What's and so in it like um, like pre ovulation is you know like the fool in the tarot card it's like there's this naivety there's this excitement there's this ability to just try things out and then we've got like the, then we go into ovulation and that's when we can like the queen of everything like everything is possible and then we come that, that that's the first half of the cycle we come into the second half of the cycle and then we share about how we come into that darker energy which is like the so we have that really like light energies rising hormones rising first half of the cycle after ovulation, we thought we, you know, we reach our peak hormonally, and then those hormones start to drop, which therefore means we, you know, we're coming inwards, and it's a, rec- you know, and every cycle is a return home. So in mm. premenstruation, that's our return home. We become wise because we're not talking so much, we're not out there so much. Like we can understand, we tune into our own inner wisdom is the idea, mm. and then we come down into um, into menstruation when we bleed and we release, and that's when we're our, when we're the crone. That's when we're the wisest of all. When we're, there's no need for words because we are literally the oracle like mm. we receive we can give like everything is possible in that space like it's like the big cosmic womb almost you know it's like the void the great void so interesting that usually during that time if you're saying that's when we're we're the wisest is traditionally when women are bleeding that's when they've sort of been put away or you've got stories of the red tent they're all sort of put yeah. to one side like oh you're delicate you're on your bleed you can't be in this scenario I think not it depends elevated. on how you see I think it depends on how you see that because yeah, yes, you would be wise, but during your bleeding years, when you're in that phase, that is the time when, um, when you do need to rest the most and restore because you're rebirthing ready for the next cycle. Right. So it's what I mean. So a red tent would be almost like it's a time to release. And so actually, uh, and receive, 
So you don't really need a ton of things around you. Like it's turned into that in different cultures. It's turned into mm-hmm. like, oh, that's dirty. But actually, that, again, that's because of the power that's held in that time. Like for, for somebody to be able to literally um, have a mini death. And like sometimes in, in, in French, it's called a petite mort, right? Like it is this little, little death. Every, every mention, um, our bleed is a little death. And it's great because we have an initiation every month. Of, that, of ourselves or of the potential of life? Because I would interpret both. it from... Yeah, yeah, from whatever, from wherever you want, however, exactly. Like, so it can be from a very physical perspective, like, okay, I'm cleansing, I'm releasing, I'm letting go, like everyone thinks blood's dirty when actually it's the most incredible cleansing process for our body. And, and to, to exactly what you're saying, to rebirth in a new, to start in a new cycle, to having a new opportunity, a new possibility, mm. a new chance to bring something else into being, whatever you want it to be. You mentioned tarot um, in, that, in that last bit when we were chatting because you're throwing out so many pearls of wisdom here. You mentioned tarot and the fool as an example, which would be more present during a particular phase of our cycle. Have you found that there's a correlation between when we are in our cycle and what we would be manifesting or the tarot or um, predictions or psychic readings that we might have? Would you recommend that there's a certain period within the cycle uh, during which you should you should have a reading or you should check your tarot or are certain times of the month going to reveal different cards? I always suggest that, that when... Um, one, that when a woman is on her first day of her bleed, that she pulls like five cards. So one for each mm. phase and then one to, for the overall kind of message for the cycle. Okay. So whether that's Oracle cards or tarot, because I just yes. think that's a really beautiful practice to do. And it's obviously when we're in our most magical, when we're bleeding. So when they're potent in terms of what, our, you know, our own Oracle nature. Mm. Um but I mean, every phase, I think if you were receive, like if you were going to get a reading, go in the first half of your cycle, because you'll be more open to other people's interpretation, because that's when we're out there. That's when we're out there with society. And like when we can kind of get along, I'd say in the second half of the cycle, that's when you trust, your, you know, you build the relationship with yourself and you trust your own wisdom. Um, and that's why that second half of the cycle, the kind of premenstrual, menstrual phases, are so painful for so many women because we've not been taught to trust ourselves. We've not been taught to trust our bodies um, as as um, intuitive, as knowledgeable, as you know, wisdom keepers. So that's where so much of the pain, I believe, kind of shows up um, because we've repressed, you know, we've repressed all of the feelings. And then at premenstrual phase, that's when we're, that, you know, I call that phase our charmed and dangerous phase. And that's because we are charmed because we're full on magical. Mm. But we are dangerous. If is that time when we should uh, schedule our therapy appointments, or again, is that all first cycle, (laughs) first section? Get your tarot, get your oracle. Second, second part, get therapy. Yeah, get the psyche into it. But you don't need it. That's the point because you're your own therapist. When when we when we start to really work with our cycle, we then start to realise that we become our own therapist over there. Like gain outside information in that first bit. So go get your tarot. Go get your. I see it. You know, I'm. You know, I'm training to be a, a psychotherapist, and so I see it when in my own um, um, interactions with my own therapist that I have to do through training, and seeing that um, in different phases, like I'm much more open to what's mm. being shared. I'm much more open with what I'm sharing in different phases, as well. And it's interesting what comes up, like the stuff that I share in premenstrual phases, deep 
like it's deep, it's unfiltered. It's like, whoa, where's that been? Like that, that's like some of the whoa stuff. Whereas like I, I, everything seems to be a little either work related or very surface in the first oh. half of the cycle. And if I have, if I have like kind of any kind of therapeutic, um, yeah, interventions or sessions in the second half of my cycle, very deep. That's personal. It may be yeah. how it is for me, maybe different for everybody else. And that's why I'm really big on the tracking because when you find out right. how it's for you, you realize there isn't a one size fits all. And so what I share is very broad brush strokes just to give people like a, 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 a kind of access point really to dive in. Then it becomes your own adventure. It's pretty amazing. So many of us have handed over our power, like everything mm. that I share in every book I've ever written, in any work that I'm ever going to do or will do, you know, have done, will do, has done, um, is to encourage women to like reclaim their own power and their own autonomy mm. around their body, around their decisions and everything. So don't believe everything I say. Don't believe anything anyone says in a book. Don't believe anyone a doctor says. Like, you know, we've all, we're all humans. Mm. And so it's about trusting ourselves. Like all I want to share is some guidance and wisdom that I've experienced that's been really helpful. Yeah, that's been super helpful and supportive and can make life easier in a world that's made for for specifically for women not to be so easy. Mm, I love that. Talking about making life easier, have you found that uh, knowing these things and these broad brushstrokes that you're talking about have helped you schedule your life? I know we were talking a bit, a bit cheekily earlier, but have you found it? helps yes. schedule your life and the way your life goes and has the knowledge of it ever actually been a hindrance and an inconvenience that's the deal so when this book first come out like everyone was like oh my god this is this is new information like I hadn't understood this I wasn't the only person writing about it but maybe it was it was a more accessible kind of way mm. in mm. um what I then realized over specifically in the time um, since the book has come out, as I've worked with women specifically on the content of the book, is that because of the conditioning and the behavioral patterns that we've created as a society, is that women want the answers. It's almost like, well, well, okay, so so Lisa, yeah, this isn't happening in my premenstrual phase. So actually, like I'm doing it wrong. Like I'm doing it mm. wrong, or this is not working. Um, okay, so and it's because we've been so conditioned for there to be a thing, for that thing to then um be done a certain way. So we then, you know, I've seen so many women then pick this up as another model mm. that they can then compare themselves to, can then it's like, oh, it's like a tracking system. And I mean, I don't mm. even like calling it that because then it's another thing like you know how many steps you've walked how many you know it's just yeah. another diet collecting exercise yeah, exactly. which but I think like is as long as it becomes something you like when you care about yourself and you want to know yourself better mm. I think that's the that's where, where it started for me and what I'm seeing with the women I work with when you realize that it's not like oh right I have to chart every day mm. you know like, I suggest like literally having a cycle wheel and you just put one word like just that one feeling for the day to start with like so you at least kind of are seeing like a pattern in like the feeling for example like the very essence of what that day might have felt like to you so you've got a starting point so that it doesn't feel overwhelming but yeah, I, I do. It definitely, I plan my whole life around it. Like I plan my coaching sessions, you know, you can, from every element of your life, relationships, like when I go out on dates, when, you know, what kind of sex you have is all dependent on that phase of the cycle. Like, you know, mm. what you might want in one phase will be very different to what you want in a diff, in another phase. And when you start mm. to recognize that, that all becomes really helpful too. So everything is, is, 
to hopefully support a much ease, much more ease and flow literally mm. in your life, yeah. right? So that you yeah. can flow with the ebb and then you know there's times when you can get a ton done. And then you know mm. there's times where you can, where it's, it makes way more sense to slow down, to really kind of um, not say yes to so many things. You know, and so then you start to recognize, that okay, this is it. But I mean, the biggest part for me was recognizing I don't want anything that I'm sharing to then become another thing that people think they need to do in order to get, you know, to to get a result. This isn't a result. This is ever unfolding. Like if it wouldn't matter where you come into it in your cycle, like you might just be like, oh, I haven't looked at it for a couple of months. I wonder where I am in my cycle today. Yeah. Yeah. Because like you said at the beginning, often having any interest in your cycle or being aware of it has always been linked with fertility um, and and planning pregnancy and family life and things like that. But there are plenty of people out there who bleed that maybe are choosing not to have that, but still would love to know. But it's almost like um, they haven't been allowed to know because it's not related to an end goal. This is a very beautiful uh, process that is being opened up for women and, and hopefully many more women other than me are already aware of becoming aware of um, tracking and not just tracking, but just knowing ourselves um, in the physical form. Because there's a lot of work out there on the spiritual, on the meditation, on growth, on mindset. But here we're really bringing it back to the first level of our existence, our bodies. Um, And as women, we can't, we can't continue to ignore that. Um, I think people's ears would have pinged up when you also mentioned about when you would want to have sex or what type of sex you'd want to have during your cycles. Can you spend a moment talking about that? <laughs> so in the book, um, um, for each phase, like I do a, a sassy. So that's spiritual, authentic, sensational, sensual you. So each phase has like a, a sensual section. So what, what you, what you need more in each phase, like what they so, say, you know, in that pre ovulation phase, there's mm. going to be a lot of exp- yeah, exploration, a lot of experimentation. Like you're going to be open to way more things. Mm. Ovulation, like unless you want to get pregnant, that's, you know, it's, it's take precautions because you're all of everything about who you are like that articulation, mm. that you know, that just like that mm. ability to know who you are, you're going to be more frisky. Like you're just mm. going to be way more attractive because mm. that's the point. Like our body is get, is preparing to create. Yeah. Um, so in the second, um, so in the second half, when that premenstrual phase, like you just need to know that an orgasm is going to take longer. So everyone has to be more willing to put in some work in that phase. Mm. I don't mean it's not going to be as good. It just means it's going to take more work and actually it's going to be way more worthwhile. And then mm. there's a whole discussion around whether you want to have sex when you're, when you're menstruating. And that's down to you. It's who you That's quite it. generational, isn't it? Because uh, well, older generations cultural, not. And cultural. Oh, and sure, also, yeah. and, and also the stories that people have been told, like, oh, it's dirty, it's this, it's that. And well, it's actually, definitely changing now. I think a lot of generations, I think I was saying something uh, recently that apparently the youngins maybe I'm giving away my age right now but young people really have absolutely no problem with it whereas much yeah. more as you say culturally traditionally we're all a bit like oh I don't know about it um, yeah I think so and I think also it's a sacred time so we're, I mean mm. for me it's the most sacred time of the month for me so mm. 
therefore I wouldn't be letting just anybody in like you know mm. there, are, there are times in your cycle where casual sex might feel way better right but there's there's but maybe when you're bleeding that's actually a time to only let somebody who really respects and honors you come in I mean mm. I mean for the but most part I'd be saying that you should only ever let somebody um or people right. um who respect and honor you come in but like ultimately like your your life your choice right so I'm just very fully aware that there are different options available but just recognizing that actually sex mm. when you menstruate is amazing but don't write it off just because you've been told it's day try yeah. it if it feels good if it doesn't don't like it's it, and that's again this is don't do it again you know it's this this is an exploration and that's yeah. what i'm you know i'm really keen to share in in code red but in anything that in any of my work in the creatrix codes which is definitely what you were saying around the fertility like we get really caught up with being again women put in a put in a box you know you make babies and then like you know that's what you do and that's what what creativity means when actually like we use it we can use the menstrual cycle we can use the moon cycles to totally like revolutionize our our ability to create to create in the world with regard to creating hmm. um whether it's you know humans or businesses what is your view on contraception then? Because if this is very much about us getting to know ourselves, but then we may have listeners that have been on on hormones and on contraceptions for decades, you know, years and years and years. So is there a difference between how we can get to know our bodies um, if they're on a natural cycle versus if people are on hormones? Have you found a difference? Does it impact women differently? Yeah, I'd say so. I share in the book, I share in a lot about it being on the pill specifically, but I mean like any kind right. of synthetic hormone, um, about how it affects our moods and, and all of those things. And just, and honestly, your call, like everything is your call. Like, and I understand why so many people were personally, I just want people to be really informed and to understand that when you are taking any kind of synthetic hormone, what you experience, what you may experience and be told is a period is not a period, right? It's just a synthetically induced experience. So what, it, what, what that also does is creates wow. a kind of leveling of the, of the um, rhythmic nature of your menstrual cycle too um so, so can they still work with your book if they're if they're experienced absolutely absolutely you can definitely um and what i would say and what i do say is that actually if you are doing that work with the moon first so that you understand what could be happening and then you can understand um your body better and then it might be that you don't want to take the pill anymore and like i say i'm not a doctor so i'm not going to mm. claim that that's something you should or shouldn't do um, but I do share some stuff in the book about the impact of the pill and, and, and how that ultimately um, suppresses and negates to some extent, like the actual emotional experience. So, for, so some of us aren't experiencing the true nature of our emotions for instance, mm-hmm. and our, of what we're, you know, what we're, the possibility of what we can feel and sense and taste and explore are less available to us when we take the pill than when we don't. And for me personally, that don't sit well because I want to experience all of life. I want to taste all the juicy bits. I want to, <laughs> I want all of it personally. So that's yeah. my deal. So, um, but yeah, I spend, I spend lots about that in the book, but again, like with total no judgment, like there's no judgment. Like if you choose that, that's totally great, but just know yeah what's happening and then you can work with the moon I mean of course you're still going to have cyclic tendencies you're still going to recognize some of those patterns 
but they just won't be it'd be more like that whereas you know ours are much more you know if, you, if you're without the pill sorry it's much more like that so right. and some people you know it's a lot when you come off the pill um a lot of people when you know a lot of people experience that maybe they got with a partner when they um were on the pill and then they come off the pill because they want to have a baby and then they're absolutely shocked at this partner like who is this that i'm with oh my goodness i don't know that person because they're like their whole emotional um hormonal makeup is so different now that they don't find that person attractive anymore or the things that they found attractive while they were on the pill and this is like there's some scientific backup for this too so that's interesting to, to witness as well as the just yeah recognizing how sometimes it can be very hard when you come off the pill because the emotions become very intense because you haven't felt the feels for however long you've been on it and so it's like shit I need to take it again because I don't want to experience all that but if we can give ourselves a little bit of time and love and compassion as we as we do that then there's um definitely a possibility to really learn about that rhythmic nature and work with it and not against it that beautiful thing you said is again an, an awakening for how it impacts, you know, our relationship and the partners in our lives as well. Because if it is impacting us and changing our perspective and how we mm. feel so much, then it is important for everyone to know about this, not not just women. And I think really? that's what I really love about what you're doing that it that it is uh, that you're that you're opening up the conversation to include men as well because hey, there hasn't been yeah, there hasn't been a lot of that. Well, then also, and also, we have to realize that there are people in same-sex relationships. There are people who bleed, who are, who, yeah, you know, and who are not, you know, who don't identify as a woman. And so we have all of these different beautiful, um, you know, this whole beautiful spectrum now in which to understand all of how all of this shows up. And you know, much most of what I share is very much on an experiential level. But um, I'm so excited to see that some of these conversations are now opening up um, around all of it. Yeah, definitely. Really? So we can explore everybody's experience and how it is for them. Yeah, I, I really love that about the book as well and, and how you are very good at making sure that everyone feels welcomed in this by identifying that there are people that, you know, that maybe identify as women that don't have a woman, people that have a woman that yeah. don't identify as women. And it's just bringing, as you say, bringing it back down to the body and then how that can impact our mind and the rest of our lives. So more power to you, Lisa, for sure. Thank really you. Hope. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm really excited for, for more and more people to get to know about this, get to know about their bodies through your work as well. And just, just open up these conversations, basically. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I spoke for an hour about this. So, you know, it's just, <laughs> but it feels it's so nice. Joy. It's it is. Joy. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. So if there was a few takeaways that you could give our listeners um, that they could do already from now, Mm. um okay we've talked about tracking but that's a much bigger process what would you what would you give to our listeners something that they can do to to build up that relationship with themselves and understanding their cycle or the cycles of the women in their lives who bleed Mm. I mean I am gonna always come down to tracking but you just keep that as simplistic as possible like honestly keep it as if you've got a diary already just mark it on the just so you know like oh Mm. I'm when I when I when you bleed so because this information is power like anything that is about reclaiming your power is what we need right now we need women and what we need everybody to actually be reclaiming what's um what's theirs that may have been may have been taken away and so for this I think like just knowing having like a knowledge of your body 
and like being in her, like touching her, loving her, like just mm. honestly, just in the morning before you get up, like even just putting a hand on your heart, hand on your belly, hand on your womb space, and just like ultimately breathing with yourself before you even go about your day is just a really lovely way of acknowledging, wait up, I'm in this body. We're doing this together today. Where are you mm. at? And so I always like to kind of, and like I say, I do take a little tracking details, but very simple, like where the moon is, what I'm experiencing today, um, like where I'm at in my cycle. So moon is, you know, the moon is waxing. I'm day 12. Okay, have a little breathe. And I know the landscape. I'm just a bit more aware of the landscape than most. And then that's my landscape for the day. And then I can go about my business knowing I've got this energy from day 12. I've got this energy from the moon. This is how I'm going to work my day. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I think this is a really important step that many of our listeners and hopefully many, many women all around the world are going to get to know and uh, and read your book. And I'm excited about the, the diary coming out as well. That comes out in December. So Amazing. So if people want to know more, where else can they come and find more of your knowledge, more of your wisdom and learn about more of what you're up to? So besides the books, um, I have a website, which is thesassyshe.com. And I'm on Instagram as at Sassy Lisa Lister. Amazing. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for taking such time out to chat with me um, and to talk to me about your exciting new book and to share all your wisdom. I love how broad it is, but just also how much knowledge there is there with you. And um, I really look forward to seeing what comes next. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. It's been a it has, joy. it really has. <laughs> for more information about the Wellbeing Festival, visit mindbodyspirit.co.uk. Today's episode was sponsored by Larabar. I've been your host, Pavani Vias, and this episode was produced by Josh Roberts and our sound engineer, Erin Milliken. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back very soon.